episode 83. What's up, business news and other shit listeners? Um, first of all, this is our last one of our last episodes before the new year. So we'll do this one and we'll release our next one, episode 84. And uh, then we'll take the rest of the year off and we'll catch you all in January. Um, also, yo, this restaurant I own, y'all, Cedars in Hyde Park. We are having a New Year's Eve party on December 31st. Come on through. Roll through, baby. You can catch us on opentable.com and book some stuff there. So please do come. Our uh, new chef, Amado Lopez, will be doing some special stuff with Mediterranean. Nice four-course prefix kind of thing going. And we'll uh, we'll decorate the place and have some fun with y'all. On to the podcast, y'all. Do you believe spiritual gurus experience miracles? Yo, we got into that um, and how, you know, I've heard of miracles happening with some of these spiritual people um, in powerful ways, and I believe in it. Um, so, yeah, we, we get into some of that. Our guest was Mansoor Kazi. This dude is a partner at Bain Consulting. He's been doing that for over a decade, almost a decade and a half, so he's kind of become a big dog there. Um, but what's cool about this dude is not only is he know the large corporate world and consulting for some of these big old corporations, he's a JD MBA. The dude's a gangster when it comes to education. But he also grew up in a small business dry cleaner in none other than Augusta, Georgia. Yup, that's right. Dry cleaning for the rich. That's what he was doing. Um, the golfers, yeah. So he's got some cool stories he shares with us there. And also some just great stories about understanding how he operates as a consultant. Uh, and then we got into some cool stuff about ABC. Always be closing, baby. Um, we talked about one of my friends who attempted to get a date by walking up to women and asking them on a date and learn you know he, he he basically would keep asking women until one of them said yes and he ran that experiment and did it and it worked and we talk about all all the things that came in and went into play with that and how he learned about you know what it means to be able to close um so yeah enjoy the episode sit back and relax episode 83 thanks y'all peace it's kind of like um you know they cut you pretty quick if you're not performing and so i remember leaning heavily on being resourceful and just figuring how to get shit done. Yeah. Working harder, working smarter, trying to figure out yes. how to get it. Yeah. Relationships. I learned that from my dad. God rest his soul. My dad used to have so many relationships. My dad used to be like this networking guru. I never even realized it. He was like this Arabian Middle Eastern networking guru. You know, I, I don't know who's a big, who's a big, who's like the big business networking is there someone who's like big on that in the world like not tony robbins like he's more of a motivational speaker kind of guy i don't know i don't know but like mark cuban yeah maybe like yeah uh, maybe like a mark cuban somebody else like that. on shark tank the lady from qvc yeah her maybe but like where you know where they where they just they have a big rolodex right my dad and they kinda, maintain those relationships that's the that's the critical part here's how my dad did and i'm trying to figure out how to implement this in the restaurant I'd be curious to hear about your opinion Mansoor. like his restaurant became kind of a mini hub for like, yo, if you have a problem or a situation, just go to Sidki's restaurant and like he might be like, I know a guy, I'll give you his number, you can figure this shit out. By yeah. calling. You know what I'm saying? He became kind of that networking, the connector. I didn't realize that as, I, as I've been working in this restaurant the last several months, I've been like, man, dad used to do that. And I think that would help because it would want people to come to the restaurant more and they'd see it as more than just a place to get food. It's a, yeah. it's, you know, I, I keep telling the employees I work with there, Guys, we're in the experience business. We're not in the food business. We're in the experience business. Give people an experience. Yeah. Don't just give them food, you know? Yeah, I think that's really important. And, you know, I didn't realize 
the value and importance of like what your dad taught you in terms of relationships. I, by the way, he didn't constantly teach me. I just I watched him. Yeah. It wasn't like he sat me down one day. He's like, let me tell you, son, this is how you network. <laughs> no, he yes. wasn't doing any of that shit. No, I didn't. I didn't you know, my, you know, my out of undergrad as you as I worked, I, I wish I had that kind of foresight into the value of relationships. Mm. My, my thing was all just kind of put your head down, do your work, try to do a good job. But I didn't have this element of building relationships with people and trying to continue that and maintain it and so forth, which is a critical part of any career that you that you that you take forward. Mm, so true. Have you used that, Brian? Like uh, connections, networking, relationships to help you in your life? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's all I got. Uh, yeah. For real, really? You well, mean that? No, I mean what I mean is, uh, and uh, when I think back on my resume, whenever I'm updating it and I look at all the jobs I've had, like I've at least gotten the the interview. Usually, I mean, it's always a referral, right? I guess that's all I'm saying is a referral. referral. Right, right. Referral. But I mean, I've never gotten a job that wasn't a referral. And I that's, got you. I think that's more of a coincidence yep. than anything. Yep, I uh, got you. But I mean, was it, actually, I got, I got a story for y'all. The best story I've ever heard on this that really captured it. John Dolder, you may remember this. By the way, John, you doing okay over there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I saw you kind of like, it almost looked like you were queasy. What? You're not queasy, are you? Eh, a little bit, but you know, I'll be fine. Okay, if you need to hit the restroom, dude, go for it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let you know if I need to take a yak. I'll just set the camera on you. Okay, <laughs> <then>, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I care about this guy, guys. He's sweaty earlier. He's more important than podcast. Yeah. He he was sweating earlier, you're right? Yeah. So now now it's all. Keep listening and find out what happened. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Best story on networking ever. Masroor Ahmed. Do you know Masroor? You know Masroor. Yeah, I know. All right. This dude is... And John, you may remember Masroor. Yeah. Um, this dude said he wanted to get on Wall Street, and he ultimately did. He worked at Deutsche Bank for some time. Did you know that about Masroor? Yeah. Okay. And uh, he said he went to Champaign. So he wasn't from the top schools. He didn't go to a Northwestern or University of Chicago... He went to Champagne, and as a result, he's like, I don't know how I'm going to get in, but I'm going to get in. And so he said he started networking, and he built a spreadsheet, and he literally just started talking to every person, even cab drivers, whoever he could talk to about what he's looking for and if anyone can get his foot in the door. And so he'd keep track of the name of who he talked to. He'd say when he spoke to them, column two, and uh, has he followed up yet column three, and what kind of information did they give him column four? And so one, two, three, four, he just started talking to people. Five, six, 20, 30. He got up to like 175, and by the like 175th person, he got a job at Deutsche Bank. And the 175th person, actually, I don't, I don't know if it was like the 175th person, but one of those people along the way that he kept up with was a guy who went to USC, I believe, which is a good school, but it's not a feeder school into Wall Street banks. Yeah. And so the USC guy was like, who was, the USC guy was already working at Deutsche Bank, and the USC guy was like, yeah, this is bullshit. I don't know why they only let Ivy League kids into Wall Street, blah, blah, blah. You know, you seem like a good kid, Mr. You should have a job at one of these banks. I'm going to get you hired. Let me talk to my hiring manager. And Mr. was like, yo, this is the guy. Gets him in the interview. Of course, Mr. killed the interview, got hired. That's the best networking story I've ever heard. That guy did it right. Yeah, that's, that's hustling. Great. That's right. That's, that's hustling. hustling right there. Yeah. Right? What would happen if somebody like you set a goal, Brian, or you, Mansoor, and wanted to like achieve something, and you you know you kind of did that methodical networking, 
I mean, you'd probably do, you'd probably achieve whatever you'd want to achieve. You, I mean, you guys all have great personalities, you know, you, you'd, I think you'd get there with, with just talking to people and connecting. It just takes like relentless, relentless pursuit. You, just, you can't take no for an answer. And if, and if you get no as the answer, you just keep on pushing forward. That's right. You, get, you can't right. be afraid of rejection. I got another great story about that. One of my dearest friends, Teju Ravilochin, he's a former CEO of a company called the Unreasonable Institute, a nonprofit. Okay. who helps uh, pull people out of poverty. Um, he decided to do an experiment himself. Um, he was struggling with women, and he decided, I'm going to go up to every woman on the street I see and just ask her, will you go out on a date with me? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. It's good, right? Yeah. And so I may not remember the exact numbers, but this is what my memory recalls. Actually, no, let's have a little fun with it. So um, he began to ask women, and, and he, he ultimately did get a woman to say yes. How many women do you think he had to ask before the first one said, yes, I'll go out on a date with you? Fifteen. Six. Dolder? Two. No shit. Uh, something like 30. Oh. He had to ask almost 30 women until like the 31st woman was like, yeah, sure, I'll go out on a date with you. I, a lot of um, when I was younger in my career, so I do a lot of retail consulting. And by the way, we didn't introduce you, bro. So you 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 are a partner at Bain Consulting. That's right. Right. They're they're a they kind of bulge bracket consulting company. Is that correct? Yeah. And they're big with McKinsey, At Kearney, Booze, BCG. BCG. That's right. That, that category. Yeah. Of corporations that will go out and solve problems for other corporations. That's right. And you specifically focus on retail corporations. You will fly to them, go to their on-site, talk to them about their retail operations, maybe a restaurant or a grocery store or something like that? Yeah, we do everything from you know looking at the customer experience and the strategy to where they can improve, things like that. Um, have, you done, have you done restaurants before? Um, Consulted restaurants? Have I done restaurants? I actually have not. I've never okay. done restaurants. I've only done equity research on restaurants. Got it. Uh, All right, so you were telling us. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, we always try to start one of the one of the projects I was working on. This was I don't know ten years ago. We were helping a grocery store chain kind of reimagine their value proposition. So what did what you know what could they do to get customers back into the store? And so one of the things we wanted to do was get in the lens of the customers. So we deployed people all across their store base, and I and I was part of this. Where you planted? No, no, we we were mystery we, shoppers. We were in the parking lots, and we were asking customers walking in if they wouldn't mind oh. us following them around the store. And you told them you're consultants. We told them we represented. Got it. The, the company. It wasn't. Okay, so they weren't planting. It was. Just, they were being transparent yeah. about it. Yeah, and we would offer them like a five dollar gift card, but we would literally have want to follow them around the grocery store to understand what they were doing. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Told, no. <laughs> told them that you're filming for Impractical Jokers, <laughs> <laughs> season twelve. But this is for research purposes. <laughs> <laughs> No, but every 20 people you ask, you maybe got one who, because it's kind of weird. Hell yeah, it's weird. <laughs> like some mom with her kids, and you're like, hey, can I follow you around the grocery store and see what you put into your cart? Totally, that's um, creepy. So now this is where personality comes into play, where because now it's all about trust. Yeah, and so like this grocery store in particular was in the deep south, so I couldn't be like, my name is Mansoor. I'm brown dude. I'm here to follow you <laughs> so around. I had to go, oh, yeah. I had to go by, by the name. way, I'm Muslim too. <laughs> 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 no, one of the guys that was had a on the team... Had like a thick New York accent. 
thick New York accent? Yeah. Oh, like Brooklyn? Yeah. Hey, Monsu, uh, why don't you give me a cup of coffee and maybe I'll let you uh, follow put, me he, around, eh? He approached the customer and the customer was like, I don't talk to Yankees. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the, okay, one of the guys on your team. One of the guys on my team, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then they, they pointed at Mansoor and like, I'll talk to that Mexican <laughs> over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's, okay, so wait. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did you get, did you have higher success rate as time went on and you asked more people? I did because I wouldn't, I went, I got to the point where you it was. You became less creepy? Well, I became less asking for permission. It was like, hey, I'm going to do this. Okay. Right? It's just like one of those things where you kind of like just, you know, what is it? What's the phrase? You, you, um, you ask for permission later or. Yeah. Well. Apologize. Well, I forget what the, the ask for forgiveness. Oh, ask so, for forgiveness later. Right. Yeah. Do it and just yeah. ask for forgiveness yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. That's 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 a good. Answer. I always mess that one up too. I try to say it in like a work environment. I'm like, you know what they say? Ask for permission, not for <laughs> forgiveness. <laughs> and, I'm, and they're but, all like, what? That doesn't. That, yeah. No, I'm not gonna do that. No. You didn't help us here, Brian. You actually made things worse. <laughs> the uncomfortability of it is why right. it's worth doing. Totally. Totally. Right. Like if you're afraid of it, maybe you should consider doing it. Type thing. Yep. Um. And I'm saying that to myself more than anything. Specifically, I could do this. I should do this with the girls. You're going to pitch us, and one of us is going to respond like we're a woman. And, and see, we're probably going to reject you. But let's see how you take the rejection and then how you change the spiel. Yeah. Can you, are you willing to participate in this role play? Yeah. All right, go for it, Brian. Ask me on a date. I'm a woman. You just walk up to me on the street. Hi, I know this is a little awkward. My name is Brian, and... Uh, Yes. I got nothing to do for the next hour. Do you want to go get a slice of pizza in that pizza place right here? Um, I don't really talk to strangers. Um, besides, I'm married, so no. <laughs> oh, well, my name is Brian, so I'm not a stranger anymore, and I can keep a secret. Okay, well, maybe you should try telling people your name first, Brian. I did. <laughs> I'm not interested in taking you out for pizza if you're not going to listen to me, lady. For listeners listening, I'm picking up my purse right now and I'm slamming it over Brian's head. All right, I'm going to ask your friend out because she's number two on the list. Go for it. Hi. I'm leaving. Bye. I'm free for the next 55 minutes. Would you like to get some sushi across the street? So you offered her pizza, but you're offering me sushi. <laughs> well, you seem like a classy girl. <laughs> and I was number two on your list. Uh, it's just a geographical thing. Listen, uh, my name is Brian. I didn't catch your name. You will learn later. Oh. <laughs> Let's go get some sushi. Hey, right, it worked. There we go. I'm allergic. I, I would be <laughs> like this. I'd be like, my name is Amr. I know this is so weird, but I'm a great guy, and I'm really looking to meet an awesome woman. Would you, would you, would you be open to going on a date with me one day? I think they'd be No, like, but I like the... I have an hour to kill pizza spot right here. Oh, right away. Date on the spot? Well, because if you say one day, then you have to wait for a response and this and that. You know what I'm saying? You're, there's like a, you're inducing what? a different element versus right here, you got an hour and it's a public place. Yeah, maybe you're right, actually. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Good. Could you repeat that? I'm all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear him? You really it's, it's, it's one he's, thing. He's saying he likes, he likes your way better than my way because right. you're saying... Do it on the spot. Like, hey, well, can we go right now? Yeah, yeah, because if you tell them, if you say, if you say someday, one day, then you, now that person has the easy out, which is, yeah, 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 I'll say sure, yes. yeah, one day. But they got to give the number and follow up, but then they might not. give you a fake number, right? Yeah, or, or they give you the number, they just don't respond, right? right yeah. Right. Plus, to Mansoor's point, um, 
that would just lead me into uh, another version of what dating apps tend to be for me, which is just, okay, cool, we matched. Now we'll never talk or mm. never respond after one interaction. Good point. And, uh, so be impulsive, be in the moment. I like that. You, you, you got to set it up so no can't be an option. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no may be an option <laughs> Sorry. for most women. Yeah, I mean, but I'm saying like it's, it's for someone who is interested in, in and available and eligible, whatever. Correct. Like you're making it as easy for them to say yes as yes. possible. That's a great point. Yeah. Right? Well, you're, it's a numbers game. What you're really doing is looking for the woman who, who's, who's single and kind of looking to mingle. Yes. And making it as easy for them. It's like when you say right now, pizza right here, it's easy to say yes. There's right. A, right. But you say tomorrow, I'll give you a call, blah, blah, blah. It's easy. It'll be easy for them to be like yes on the spot and they say no later on. Right. So how does this all play in the business, right? The first thing I think of is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, ABC, always be closing, right? Yeah. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, have you I, seen that movie? I, I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the movie name. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and uh, it's with Alec Baldwin and Ed Harris and some other big Jack names. Lemon? Jack Lemon, uh, Al Pacino. Right, I remember seeing. I remember seeing one scene where they talked about always be closing. Yeah, that's you probably seen that. That's the scene. only scene anybody's seen. <laughs> Maybe I've, I've only seen, seen that seen the scene. Movie. I mean, that's the only scene I've seen. Oh, really? The movie's great. And I, like, it's the only scene Alec Baldwin's characters in, and he got an Academy Award for it. Yeah, right. I remember the scene. I don't remember. I actually didn't watch the movie. Just remember the scene. Yeah, I don't know where I saw it, but I remember seeing steak that knives and Cadillacs. That was another common thing they'd always say, always say. Like they were always competing for who's going to sell the most, so they can win some of these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the ABC, ABC, right? So that's kind of what you're saying with this. It's also, uh, sorry not to cut in, but I was gonna say, you just demonstrating value, right? That that might be from the, that might be from the uh, the pickup artist actually, not from business. <laughs> but uh, right, uh, dem- you know, hey, I'm free for the next fifty minutes. My name is Brian. Oh, I don't think that's demonstrating Let value. No, <laughs> you know what the value is? You demonstrate there confidence. Confidence. That's key. Okay. Yeah. Because the girl's like, whoa. I never get this ever, and this guy seems actually cool about how he's doing it. I want a confident guy in my life. Brian Reed, take me to sushi. The confidence is key. Because right? yeah. I, I, when I was in high school, I used to sell, remember those Cutco knives? Cutco? Yeah. yeah. You I'm guys picturing, are they like Ginsu? Is that? It's like these, these knives. It was like a, a scheme where you would go door-to-door selling yeah, okay. like house knives yep. and stuff. So and you I, did that? I did that. And it was like one of those of things. Of course where, you did. You're a success story. <laughs> like every success story has like, you know, I was selling no. baseball cards when I was 13. Right, right, right. Go on. I, I actually did something similar. I sold <laughs> windows. Windows? Yeah, I would go, I would go to house calls and sell windows. And this, was, this, was like, this was literally like the Cadillac of windows. Kind of, I bet this knife was like the Cadillac of knives, right? Supposedly. Right? <laughs> you, you were selling a product you didn't believe in, bro? Well, I believed in the product, but... I didn't believe necessarily that like they, they pitched this whole thing that it was like the long, the longevity of the product. It would never, it would never dull or whatever. And I didn't believe that, but I thought the knives were pretty good. Yeah. Okay. That's probably right. So, so what was um, your, so a, so wait, what, no, so, so the whole, the way the thing works with like, I would go to you in, cause I knew you and I tried to sell you the knives and then I would be like, Hey, I need 10 people that, you know, can you give me their contact info? That'd be interested in hearing this pitch. Ah. And then you do it that way. Right. And you had to, you had to be confident that you were going to sell. Like right. if you walked in there being like, oh, this guy's cheap. He's not going to buy. I'm wasting my time. You were not going to get a sale. Yeah. But if you walked in and, and you were confident that like, hey, after I show him this, this yeah. I'm going to figure out a way to sell it. Right. Right. And then the cool. people would buy. Nice job, dude. That's and, so and, true. And, and, and the confidence is like just kind of believing in the product. And so in this case, it's believing in yourself. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's so true. I use that. I use it all the time with the, with the window sales all the time. 
it was I can, good. yeah, and I'm I'm getting decent at that in the business world, so I can start incorporating a bit of that over, doing things a little backwards. Meaning you know? in the comedy world? No, no, just no, like in in a day job type world, you know. No, I'm, I thought you were saying you're getting better at it in the business world, and to carry it over is that what you said? Yeah, into personal life. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. good point. Literally good recognizing, point. oh shoot, I don't I don't know at all. <laughs> right, 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 and. Uh, um, yeah, step out of your comfort zone, take a risk, whatever version of that is. Um, All right, since we're gonna, since we're gonna, lo- I'm gonna cut you off. Since we're gonna lose Mansoor in a little bit, um, tell us Mansoor about what you do. So, so yo, I find it fascinating, brother, that you come from a small business background as a kid in Augusta, Georgia. First of all, I didn't even know that anyone lives in Augusta because I only heard <laughs> of it because of the whole golf thing. I just pictured a big golf course, and that's it. And obviously, that shows how dumb I am. Uh, but like, you Idiot. lived in a, right? You lived in Augusta, Georgia, uh, growing up there, and your parents owned a dry cleaner where right. you used to work, right? Yep. As a kid. Yep. And that's where you learned how to hustle. Yeah, my parents owned a, a dry cleaner about a mile away from the Augusta National Golf Course. Damn. Um, did you guys ever like dry clean, uh, like Phil Mickelson's like green? We jacket? did Tiger Woods. Oh shit. You know, I don't know if you guys remember David Duvall. He was big yeah, back in the day. I remember. Yeah. Sergio yeah. Garcia. But you know, the interesting thing was my mom was, was there a lot. And she would check the their day. pockets? Um, she didn't know who they were. So oh. she had like an hour-long conversation one time with Sergio <laughs> and had no idea. And she's like, oh, this nice young man from the master stopped by. And That's not how she sounded, bro. <laughs> Come on. And I look at the ticket and it says Sergio Garcia. Oh, That's shit. Awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of cool, right? <laughs> he probably loved it. <laughs> yeah, talking to somebody who's just talking to him. Just, and doesn't know who he is. Yeah, striking a conversation oh, while he's I waiting for, for his laundry. Yeah. He just treated him like a normal human being. Exactly. Wow. T- Tiger Woods had, had um, not, through, not through his personal self, but sent someone to drop his clothes off. With his name? He left his wallet inside his clothes. <laughs> his IDs, his uh, credit cards, his cash. Oh, wow. He must have had like 50 condoms in there based on... Back in, back in those days, he was not really... You know, <laughs> kosher. Uh, who, and who knows what he's doing today? I don't know. When you have that much money, you probably have something better than a condom for your infidelity. Oh, you think so? Just some sort of gel. <laughs> I don't know. Just James Bond kind of shit? Yeah, what is uh, Batman, Morgan Freeman from the Batman movies? That guy probably mm. sells it. Um, <laughs> uh, so so uh, uh, I, I, I don't remember Morgan Freeman's character. That's why I kind of... He takes over as CEO of Wayne Enterprises. Oh. Fox. Yeah, Lucius Mr. Fox. Fox. Mr. Fox. Yeah, a long time. But, but anyhow, yeah. So I, I grew up in, in a, a small business. My, my, my mom used to run it, a dry cleaning store, um, where you just had to like, you had to get stuff done, right? It was employee doesn't show up. Who's going to press the clothes? The dry cleaning machine breaks. Okay, what do you do now? Um, we need more business. So you get on the phone and start cold calling hotels and try to pitch them contracts and awesome. go deliver and pick up people's underwear and this and that, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, so it was, it was that in the small business world, you got to kind of be the jack of all trades right? and you plug in wherever you need to. Um, and you always kind of got to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're yeah. not there, then you don't have the employee base in a small business. You know, right. It was a small shop. They don't trust four you. Four or five people. Right. So we didn't have like a manager because there's no scale to it for us at Correct. that moment in time. We Correct. were, I was the manager. My mom was the manager. Right. Right. Um, you got to be present. You got to be there. Right. And the day you're off. So like, you remember religious holidays, we couldn't close. Right, and because our religious holidays didn't necessarily fall on a, oh, yeah. on a, and during a during a time when it would be naturally. Oh, closed. you mean Muslim holidays? Muslim holidays. Yeah, you stay open, right? You stay open, and so, so like do we, yep. And so like it's, now it's like okay, on Muslim holiday, I'm gonna have to sit there in the dry cleaning store and take people's orders and press clothes when 
when I was a kid, I would just kind of celebrate. Right. Um, but you got to do that for the for the family business. So now it's, it's, it's that contrast to you know now where I yeah you're in a whole different world now. I mean, just world. looking at what you're wearing right now, bro. You got a beautiful sweater, half a half zip sweater <laughs> with a nice pressed collar. But the press, you know, the press is from the dry cleaning store, bro. And, <laughs> oh, and I'm yeah. sure that, that, that was the biggest lesson from the dry cleaning was learning how to iron, learning how to press clothes. Yeah, but you don't do it yourself. I do, do it you? myself. Yeah, you still do it yourself. A lot of times, yeah. Okay, I yeah. I did do it myself in my 20s, but in my 30s, I'm like, f this, I'm done. I'll tell you the secret is you got to keep it uh, slightly damp. Oh really? Yeah. Don't, you don't dry. Want it don't super dry. Wet. Don't dry your shirt all the way. Keep it damp. You want you don't wow. want it super wet. You want it a little. Not wet. with the house iron. If it's super wet, like when I would do that dry cleaning store, it's super wet because oh. the, the the machine you know you kind of presses get, it. Yeah, stronger. But in a house iron, you want it a little wet. damp. Yeah, and then I it comes see. out to a nice press. There you go. For those who are uh, ironing at home, pro life tips. Yeah, hack life hack. <laughs> uh, all right, contrast that now, right? Because you got this. You got a very corporate experience. Corporate look. It's a whole different life for you now, man. Yeah. You're not sweating in the back of a a, a dry cleaner, right? Um, first of all, which one do you like better? Be honest. I think there's different. It depends on what you want. I know. Right. Do you so at this, at this point, you want the corporate one. I, I, I enjoy the corporate life now because you do. yeah, for me right now, um, the, you know, as I was running the dry cleaner, it was like, it was the best part about that. It was yours. You owned it and you got to see the fruits of whatever you put into it mm. versus now, you know, as a consultant, you kind of often, you private provide advice, but at some point you're going to back away and you're going to let the the executors execute mm. you know whoever you're working for they're going to be the ones who actually own it and drive it home um which is nice in some senses where you don't have to worry about the nitty-gritty details of someone not showing up or what happens if this machine breaks or whatever mm-hmm. but it's also not as fulfilling because you don't get to see the the fruits of all of your thought and your work and so forth right you don't get to come see that come to reality yeah um, it's almost like it's a a uh almost a- more abstract in the corporate world, it feels like. Whereas in the small business world, it's very concrete. Like you see your results instantly. And we're just talking about corporate world for me specifically as a consultant, right? Like, like true, right? And and so that's my reality. Is is I help clients think through and solve problems, but and and I'll help them as far as they need me to help them. But at the end of the day, I have to rely on their teams to drive the execution of it. Right. It's not um, your baby. Exactly. Yeah. It's not. Um, you guys will never execute for them or run a project. Well, we will help them in the execution planning and help manage the execution. But at the end of the day, if they need to build a store, they are going to have their construction right. team come right. in and figure out what size the walls need to be and all and like that nitty gritty. Whereas when you talk about you know opening up a new dry cleaning location, you're going to measure the walls. You're going to figure out what the layout is going to be. You're going to find the equipment. You know what I'm saying? Completely. Well, I guess here's my first thought is this, like Blockbuster. I'm sure Blockbuster... They were pretty big. They must have had consultants, you know, come through their doors a lot back in the day. And it feels like just in, in early 2000 and 2000, up to 2005, they just completely missed the boat. Their consultants missed the boat on, you know, Netflix and streaming. Yep. You know? And then and they even missed the boat on the, uh, the Redbox vending machines, like when discs were still a thing. Honestly, Redbox Red is still a thing. And Redbox, they, they tried it. They, they tried, tried. They it. tried a blue box. I forget what it was called. And it was like it was a, a year and a half later. Yeah, yeah it was. It was too late, and yeah. it was just like, uh, it was sad when you saw them. It was mm. how, how the mighty have fallen. Right. Yeah, but you know, sometimes, I mean, like you say the same thing about Kodak. Did they miss the boat on digital cameras? I would think I would think the answer is clearly yes, isn't it? Yeah, but sometimes you can make like a calculated decision in terms of like what business, 
where do you want, how far you want to take it and what you want to be in. Yeah. Where, where am I going to commit to? What am I going to commit yeah. to? Yeah. yeah. Or like, some companies can make the conscious decision. Like I want to stop here. I'm done. You know, I, I don't yeah. know if that's what Blockbuster did or not, but right. they could, if they wanted to, I could see Kodak maybe being like, you know, we're, we're a film photography company. That's what we do. And, uh, we can't compete if Sony wants to come out with the microchip and put it in their camera. Like I can't, we can't compete with that. We're not. A, we don't have a tech team to do that. Yeah, yeah. I see. I guess I see what you're saying. Um, all right. So okay. And so um, all right. What what about more of your large corporate experience is really relevant? So like, let's take a a, a kid in a kid in um, college right now, or someone who works at a corporation and is just like. I hate my life. This is not what I want to be doing. <laughs> you know, would you say that that person may be more fulfilled if they were to do something on the small business side? I, I don't know. It, I, it, it kind of what drives them, right? And if they get excited by in the small business side, it's really unstru- like no one's telling you what to go do. You just got to go do it because that's what you need to survive. You got to have that grit, right? Like if, you know, for us in the directing store, if we weren't getting a certain level of sales per day, that means we were losing money. And we didn't have the cash in the bank to just continue to lose money. So you got to go out there and say, okay, we're not getting these sales. So I'm going to call every single hotel in Augusta, Georgia, and try to get them to buy, a, buy into a contract. But um, that does exist in the corporate world, doesn't it? In meaning, what sense? Meaning you won't make an income or a paycheck, Mansoor, at Bain if someone at Bain isn't knocking on doors and hustling, calling you know, um, Whole Foods and Kroger and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I was like, but, get but, us but, door. you know, the guy, it's a little bit more structured though, right? Some, some kid out of undergrad, um, who's at Bain, there's a very, this is what you're going to do your first year. This Correct. is what you're going to do your second year. I got we're going to train you. We're going to get you here. And only when you become partner, you might start hustling for business. Yeah. But even then it's all based off is you, you, we earn a lot of business by, by developing promoters that, that are satisfied with our work. We pr- what does that mean? Developing promoters that are satisfied with we we cre- we created results for our clients, okay. and so they were CEO or whoever is satisfied, and they're going to say, "Hey, you did this with us. Why don't you go talk to this person? I think they have the exact same issue, and they're a friend of ours, and we'll put in a reference." That's how it probably worked though in the dry cleaning business with the hotels. Marriott said, "Yo, the Kazis over there know exactly what they're doing with dry cleaning. They uh they they are dry cleaning Tiger Woods's clothes, and they're not saying anything about the condoms." You need to be giving them the clothes. <laughs> I wish. I ended up calling every like 200, 200 hotels in Augusta. You called 200 hotels in Augusta? There's a lot of hotels in Augusta because yeah, they're masters. Yeah. They're masters. That's, dude, dude, that's like the, the going on. The, the One date. week a year, the population explodes. It's, it, those hotels fold. are solely, I mean, a lot of them are built, are built for that. For that yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. But that, but that 200 is kind of like the Teju calling dates. Yeah. yeah. Right? Teju walking up to dates or you, you Brian, walking yeah. up to dates. It's tough though. Also, I mean, I've I've done two hundred cold calls and gotten one hundred and ninety voicemails, right. five hangups, right. and four people swearing at me. I mean, <laughs> and and zero. Uh, but then I mean, it's cool because I thought I wanted to say this earlier. Just it, you hear that it pays off the hustle that you're talking about and the grind and that it exists in so many people from an early age. But it can also be implemented at any age. Uh, and it's not even rocket science. We're talking about spreadsheets, you know, if, if I, if spreadsheets for names and context into whatever field you're trying to break into, right. what have you. Um, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought there at the very end. Uh, no, you're saying, I mean, you're basically saying that hustle is is available to anyone, whether you're 
10 or 12 years old yeah or 90 years yeah old. and then yeah and then also just how just refreshing it is to hear because it is i think it's i'd rather I'd, I'd definitely rather make 200 cold calls for my business than for the insurance agency that mm. i was working for that's that right exactly. i was making 200 cold yeah, calls in a right. database of two twenty thousand names you know it's 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 going through a phone book but but when you when you when you hit when you it's your own business and you build that one that one contract then you're like i see the fruits of it oh yeah. it's mine you know what i'm saying like i'm getting every single shirt from the courtyard in, in right. augusta georgia assuming your boss is not listening <laughs> do you ever secretly like paying or desire to like go back to that smaller business world and experience the fruits of your labor right in your hands. Yeah. I think about that a lot. You I do. Talk, I talk about it with my wife a lot. Well, should I go and become the you know the dry cleaning mogul of Augusta, Georgia, <laughs> or some small city <laughs> right. where, you know, I just own like eight dry cleaners and, you know just be the best. Yeah. Just run eight dry cleaners and that's Wash a very comfortable shit income. Out of those clothes. Iron them, press them, manage them, manage them. I mean, it's a great business. Talk to Sergio um, sometimes. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I think about it all the time. And there's, you know, Maybe there's a time in the future. Because, because if, you, if you do become kind of the big dog of the dry cleaning world in Chicago or whatever. You're cleaning a lot of shirts and pants. And, and you're, you're starting to form relationships because people are like, oh, you own eight dry, eight dry cleaners? I kind of want to know who you are and get to know you a little. I'm noticing it in my small restaurant that I operate. Yeah. People are like, oh, you know, oh, you're the owner? Oh, let's talk. And I'm like, who are you? Oh, I, I'm, I'm the top surgeon at the University of Chicago Hospital. I'm like, whoa, all right, cool. You're, you know, it's great. Yeah, and I'm, all, the, I'm the dean of students at the university. I'm like, hello, can I have your business card? Yeah, sure, here you go. I'm like, damn, that's cool. It's also a different way to impact the community as well. Correct. Right? Like, Very different. You know, How much was I doing at JP Morgan as a, as, a, as a sales guy or a trader? Very little. Do you, do you feel like you have much impact on the community at Bain as a consultant? I feel like I do with, through, the, through my clients. The, the stuff we do okay. with our clients oftentimes impacts but it's their... But it's very yeah. indirect, isn't it? No. If um, you help Whole Foods, for example... You're kind of helping Whole Foods corporate implement this thing into their 50, 100, 200 stores. That's indirect, isn't it? Sometimes, but not all the time. Because you could, you're making this example, if I was helping Whole Foods, I could be helping them try to figure out a way to make their store associate lives better so that their satisfaction improves. Okay. Yeah. They get tools on the job helps, right. to make it easier, whatever, right? That, um, that can then that trickle can help. down into community helping, right? Yeah. Well, it helps the, the employee base. Yeah, which then right. I'm saying helps the human beings around those employees. That's right. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it, as a small but again, business, but it, it feels doesn't. It, wouldn't you agree? It feels less. It feels less direct. You're right. It feels less direct. I would even use a different word. It, like, it almost feels less uh, palpable or like tangible. Tan- it feels less tangible than well, you taking a stain out of someone's shirt, which is extremely yeah. tangible. Uh, uh, Tiger Woods shirt. Or, or, or I was gonna say the dry cleaner. Uh, uh, Gives money to the winning little league baseball oh, yeah. team, or or the hospital that is trying to figure out cancer or whatever, and you you just do all the dry cleaning for their doctors for free for a month or something. Yeah. Or even you just know that. But but you could do that. You could do that in in, in as a, 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 a you know what what the corporate life enables you to do is a lot of that just through your own vehicles. Does that make sense? Like as as a, as an individual, I can figure out where I want to donate. Yeah, to have that impact in cancer research or whatever it is, and but, but hold on, but that would be again that more like dollars, wouldn't you agree? Sure. Are you talking about writing a check? Yeah, I feel that, I feel like it's that, very. Isn't, isn't that less, what you're talking about? Oh uh, no, I'm. I mean, like here in a restaurant, I often will give food to uh, I see people's uh, these doctors or this student group or this 
you know, uh, uh, organization that helps 3,000 girls a year uh, who are underprivileged get through school and have support, and they build a recreation center. And I'm like, yo, I'm catering your, your annual dinner this year. But and is I'll go there and I'll see all these girls. I'm like, oh, my God, we're feeding them. This is amazing. Is there a difference between that, giving food directly versus providing the funds so that a restaurant goes and delivers food to that same organization? It, it, to me, it feels a little more tangible for some reason. It feels like this restaurant that's in this community is, pr- is like contributing in a big way versus cutting a check. Yeah, I feel like we need all of the above. Correct. You know what I'm you're saying? Right, like you're it's, right. it's, you need the people who can write Damn the it, checks. you're smarter than me, Mansoor. <laughs> Absolutely, we need all of it. You're yeah, right. Well, you need the people who can write the checks. You need the people who can give the food. You need the people who can give the time. And, and, and these days, Mansoor just likes to write checks. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> no, wish. but tr- truth said, you, you do sometimes hunger for going back to that small business world. Yeah, because you know, I think that there's just a, a, a fulfillment you get from owning your own thing, right? Like yeah. it's, it's yours, you make the decisions, it impacts like your bottom line, kind of it's, it's your machines, it's your labor for, it's, it's your uh, store footprint. You have more, so, wouldn't you say you, you're kind of more in the power spot in that? Small business, like you have it's, a little bit more power. It, it, it's it's I don't know if it's power, but it's like every effort or a piece of or amount of energy I'm putting is going to impact my bottom line. Right. Versus right now, um, there's a lot of energy I'm putting that I'm going to share with someone else or you know benefit someone else other than I. And and it, it may not hit your bottom. It it'll be very indirectly hitting your bottom line. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Your no. your check is going to kind of be your check, whatever. That's you know. right. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do. So, like, so what what does a consultant do? Like, help us understand. Um, we've had someone, a consultant before on the podcast here, who talked to, talked to us a little about it. But like, yours yours is a little different. You focus on retail. I do. So when I think of retail, I think of clothing stores. I think of the Gap. I think of Whole Foods. I think of those. Ty- Are you talking to those types of guys and going in there like James Bond 007 to solve some of their big ass problems? Yeah, I mean, we help we help our clients think through big strategic issues. Um, you know, think about you know a lot of what we do is there are things that might be headwinds that might be impacting the business in the future, four to five years from now. Mm. What do you need to do to prepare now, right? Or you know, if you're thinking about how you can get more customers into the store, um, what type of experience do you want to create that allows them to navigate your stores online and in store and have a competitive advantage versus your 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 competitors mm, right right um what do you need to do from a back of the house operational standpoint to make sure you're delivering on your customer value proposition in the front of the house got you exactly yeah yo this makes me think right away man like like i feel like a huge place where consultants including you i'm gonna call you out right now bro have completely dropped the ball is amazon like we are seeing all these brick and mortar retail shops just shit the bed and Amazon just like as a beast take over the world. Am I first of all not am I first of all accurate in saying there's a huge shift happening away from brick and mortar towards online? And B, did a lot of these brick and mortar guys fall asleep like Blockbuster and not successfully move online the way Amazon was moving online? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think there is definitely more of a there is an increase in penetration of e commerce online. That being, that being sure. said, I don't believe stores are going away. I, th- I mean, you'll see like even Amazon is launching their own brick and mortar stores, Agreed. right? And you're seeing kind of the, some of the but digital. But that's not their bread and butter. No, it's not. But you see some of the digital natives 
coming like Harry's and so forth. I right, well, we'll get into consulting jargon here, guys. Have you? Do you guys know what digital natives means? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you believe me? Uh, I, I thought digital native is more like a corporate consulting term, but it's not, is it? Yeah, it's, no, I don't know what it's it a general. Oh, you don't? Yeah, no, I was Son just of a bitch. Why yeah. are you lying to me? Uh, by the way, I didn't mean that about your mom. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you know what digital native is, Dolder? No. All right, teach us. So it's a, you know, a company that started online, perhaps more of a... Oh, native, digital native started online? Okay. Yeah. You know, like a pure e-commerce play. Like... Um, Warby Parker. Warby Parker. But Warby they Parker... They have stores. have stores, right? Yeah. I said Harry's, but I meant Warby Parker. Um, but yeah, like that type of... Because there's, there's value in the brick and mortar footprint. Yes. And I think the retailers that are able to figure out how to make them both work together are going to be the ones that are successful. I got right? you. Um, and, I, and, and, you know, Amazon started, what was it, in the 90s? Late 90s. Late 90s. He left, uh, he left uh, a, a trading firm called D.E. Shaw, I believe. Yeah. And, and the, Jeff Bezos, I'm referring The reason why that's important is because they're starting, in, they're starting with the technology stack, which is probably significantly newer than a lot of brick and mortar retailers who did not start with a technology stack no idea what that means but i think you're, what you're saying is jeff They're, bezos started thinking more online first than jason no i'm Petty. saying jeff bezos the uh, the capabilities he had as his base capabilities in terms of his technology was 20 years ahead of what you know another brick and mortar retailer might have had jc penny because they started in Kmart. 1970 or 1960 or whatever they yeah. didn't have the technology stack Yo, there's my lingo, right? And so, what people need to read, like the investment you have to put if you're J.C. Penny to completely overhaul your technology capabilities, that's a significant investment, yeah. Right? And Amazon starting from a different starting point, and then the money that they're able to invest to continue to maintain that innovation, right, is different than what a brick and mortar has to do in terms of maintaining their store base plus their technology. Million dollar question: Have there been companies? You don't have to say names. Where you were like. Pounding your fist on the table, you ripped your tie off. You 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 were you were standing on the table, slamming your Gucci loafers on the damn table, and you're like, J.C. Penny, build out your damn technology stack. I know it's gonna be a hundred million dollars, but you are missing the damn boat. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Yeah. Did they were they like, uh, Monsieur, please get out of here. Did that ever happen? And they just didn't take your advice? No, because I think I don't think any company doesn't believe in the need to invest in their technology. It's just a very difficult task to do, right? Okay, it's, so all of them would uh, say, Mansoor, yes, we want to invest $100 million here at JCPenney. I'm sure JCPenney's not your customer, but let's just say. Uh, but, but this is too difficult. We are going to only do $20 million, or we're going to decline. Well, it's, it's, we got to find, it's not just 100, it's hundreds of millions. Some of these Billion. retailers, it's a lot of money that they have to invest. And... The reality is, is that like, again, you think about it from a brick and mortar retailer, you have your store base, you have this technology you have to invest in, right? Versus Amazon has largely their technology that they're investing in. Um, and so you think about where kind of priorities and you now have to make this huge investment to upgrade your technology capabilities. I think every retailer would be like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I completely get it. But it's just now where do we find the funds? Mm-hmm. How do we prioritize that relative to yeah. everything else? Um, and, and it's a multi-year effort. It's not like a quick yeah, fix. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, just I turn know. it on. Yeah, I was reading uh, not too long ago, I believe, uh, Target is one of the big box real, cho- real uh, stores. Retails, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that actually has successfully um, followed Amazon's lead. And Would I you think agree it with was, that one, sir? Target has done a great job of innovating their stores, and innovating I, their experience. I mean, their app and their, you know, 
it, it's, it's, a, it's a really good, cool experience. And I believe, yeah, exactly. And the article I read mentioned something along the lines of, you know, they, they, they took a step back in that regard and spent five years and wow. a lot of money in addressing that. And it was years ago that they did that and they're seeing the rewards of it now today because right. they can stay afloat. As, wow. as others are dropping off, wow. right? Wow, so true. Um, but as, as soon as you start talking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, Target's the one. Uh, That's the one popped in my head, too, and then I'm starting to see Walmart pop in there a little bit more. Walmart, and I don't know if you guys ever shop at the Home Depot, but they yep. have an incredible you know, experience. Like, you can okay. go, if you got the Home Depot app, you can go on the app and figure out where some screw that you need for your on our garage door exactly what bin is located in what aisle mm. in your store in your store wow mm. right that's pretty good um they put a lot of investment in that i'm sure and they, they thought about it right because think about it from a customer standpoint what's the worst thing about walking into a big hardware store you don't know where anything is the person at the door oh, okay you don't know where anything is you're like looking yeah. for one small little literally a lot of times you go in there looking for like one small little pvc pipe that you need for your sprinkler yeah i whatever. bet most of their shoppers are not the i mean a place like Home Depot, you have the regulars there who are there four days a week for their contracting job. Yeah. And you have me when an instant comes up at home and I have to react to it and I'm in a hardware store the size of three city blocks, it could take me 20 minutes to totally. find that script. Same here. Exactly. The same yeah. shit. All right. We're running out of time with you, bro. I have an important question. So, so as consultants, you have to travel a lot to the job site, right? That's right. All right. Don't lie. How many... <laughs> How many miles do you have from flying all this amount? Do you have like 800,000 miles or some shit? And do you always fly first class? Um, no. You got to be refreshed for the client. No to both. So I actually, uh, yeah, so I. Um, you fly economy, bro? I, I fly a lot of Southwest. Damn. Yep. Southwest, because it's, it's convenient for me where I live. It's like, mm. it's much more convenient to get to Midway than it is to oh, get hair. to O'Hare. I got you. And um, I always find that unless you're flying like, you know, from a. Um, you know, to a relatively big city where United or American uses are larger airplanes and you're flying those regional jets, they always get delayed. Mm. That's like the worst thing in the world to mm. get delayed. Whereas Southwest... Never delayed. For the most part. <laughs> when it's delayed, it's delayed a lot. <laughs> when it's not delayed, it's on, you know... It's, it's always on time. Yeah. All right. Uh, so wait, how many miles? So you don't, they don't really do miles. They do stuff. points. Points, I got you. Yeah, so okay. I, got, I got the highest level on, on Southwest. Of course you did, Damn, Don't rub it yeah, on face, Status is a big thing amongst <laughs> consultants, right? Hell yeah, yeah. status. <laughs> Like what level of status do you got? Y'all, y'all talk about it a lot, huh? How yeah. big is your technology got, stack? <laughs> 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 All right, favorite, favorite of these four, favorite consultant jargon: close the loop, scope creep, bandwidth, and of course, technology stack. <laughs> Which one do you use the most, and you like the most? Which one do I use the most? Probably close uh, the loop. Scope creep, which I don't even know what the hell scope creep means. Bandwidth and technology stack. You did use technology stack at least once today. I did, yeah, because you asked a question about it. Um, I'll probably say close the loop a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you use that one, Brian? No, I don't. I'm, I don't know. Close the loop. Oh, you never heard of that term? No. Dolder. I haven't heard of any of those. <laughs> so. Close the loop. What, what? Does, what does scope creep mean? Scope creep means like. It sounds yeah. like a it sounds like a guy in the like Navy SEALs that he kind of should leave the Navy SEALs because he's kind of a weird <laughs> dude. Yeah. No, it's like it's like I I I contracted you, Amir, to, you know, just buy this jar of peanuts. But as you go about buying this jar of peanuts, I'm like, hey, can you also buy this thing and bring this 
you know, this roll of toilet paper? And also, can you wash the windows in my house? Um, it's like, dude, you're just I adding a bunch of things on your one. scope. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. All right, so it has nothing to do with the Navy SEAL guy with a specialized gun. No, not at all. All right, so close the loop. So tell us what close the loop means before you leave. Well, for me, close the loop is I, you know, I say with my teams all the time is we have a because we oftentimes debate the answer. What do we think we need to do? What's our recommendation? What what are we learning from the data from the insights, right? And we'll have this, you know, we'll, we'll have team meetings where we're kind of talking through it. And at the end, I want to make sure we're all on the same page. So I'll say something like, let's, so just so we close the loop on on this discussion. This is where, what, where do we fall out on this? exactly? Okay, exactly. Let's start using it. Yeah, yeah. Close the loop. Do you guys have a favorite one of those four? I like scope creep. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a pervert with fresh breath. <laughs> <laughs> scope fresh breath. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I gotta go with technology stack. Uh, you've used it already once. Yeah. Right? Uh, you use as euphemism for a penis, I think. Yeah, I did. My technology stack is bigger than yours. It's yeah. a lot of LED lights on it. That's what I see. Yeah. yeah. On a technology stack? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I see too. But it doesn't matter if it's bigger. It doesn't matter if it's better. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's not the... Which is true for penises too. Yeah, it's streamlined. Yeah, it's the motion of the... True for penises too. Yeah. The trend. Motion, did you say? True for penises too. Yeah. <laughs> Mansur Kazi, thank you for coming on, brother. Thanks for having me. A, B, C, y'all. That was it. Episode 83, always be closing. That must have been the baddest lesson from this episode um, and how Teju, you know, figured out and learned. It's about how you ask and how Mansur is saying it's about confidence. And how Brian's basically saying the only way to get that confidence is to hustle every day. I'm hustling. So yeah, um, really take that take that in. I mean, that's been a huge thing in my life as I reflected on it. Um, just being able to walk in anywhere and just roll up to people and try stuff and being willing to get rejected. Uh, don't feel good, but it pays off, baby. Uh, make sure you catch us. Episode 84. Uh, we're going to release that and the rest of this episode. And we get into some good stuff. Uh, we talk about Facebook and how the FTC is trying to shut them down. We talk about China. Is this trade deal for real this time? Man, I'm sick of talking about that. And the only thing I'm more sick of talking about China than China is Brexit. Yes, I'm sick of talking about that too, but I think it's for real this time. Uh, Britain's going to try and leave the EU and what that all means. Um, really what we're talking about there is less economic integration in the world. Everyone wants to jump out of bed instead of stay, sticking with each other. And you know what they say, divided we fall, baby. Make sure you catch us in episode 84. Peace. Disclaimer, I do not provide personal investment advice, and I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. I am an amateur investor. All information found here, including any ideas, opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentary, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied herein are for informational, entertainment, or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. While the information provided is believed to be accurate, it may include errors or inaccuracies. I will not and cannot be held liable for any actions you take as a result of anything you read, hear, or see here. Conduct your own due diligence, consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found on this show, expressed or implied herein, are committed at your own risk, financial or otherwise. Business news and other shit, hereafter known as BNOS, reflects my own views ideas and opinions. It is not a production of my employer, nor is it affiliated with any, bro any broker dealer or registered investment advisor. No representations or warranties are made with respect to the accuracy or completeness of the content of this entire show, including any links to other sites. 
The links provided are maintained by their respective organizations and they are solely responsible for their content. All information presented here is provided as is, without warranty of any kind, expressed or implied. From time to time, I may include affiliate links and advertisements on DNOS that result in my receiving a payment should a visitor click on the link or sign up to a service as per established in their practice. Readers are entirely responsible for any actions they take as a result of reading or clicking on links on the site and are urged to read the small print. Sound fair enough? Then please subscribe to BNOS. It's free via RSS or email.